0: Bear Nation, how are we doing? This is your host, Rob Napoli, and you are tuning in to another episode of the Bear Necessities Podcast, a podcast where we sit down with entrepreneurs, ecosystem partners, and innovation folks to talk about what it takes to launch, create, and scale businesses across the world. How are we doing, y'all? We are back again for another episode of the Bear Necessities Podcast. I am your host, Rob Napoli, and today is one that's going to be really fun. Uh, because we're bringing on a somebody who was actually referred to me from a a great mutual friend of ours, um, Walker McKay. And Lindsay owns her own consulting firm called McMillan uh consulting, right? Lindsay McMillan's demon is the name. McMillan Consulting is the game. And she is she is amazing because when I saw her LinkedIn title, I was like, I know I gotta talk to this this woman. She is a LinkedIn credibility consultant, an international speaker. She's a trainer to top producers. She empowers them to take charge of their online reputation to increase revenue. And she loves helping her clients win. Uh, She's based down in Greenville, South Carolina with her awesome husband and her fur kid, which is Tater Todd, uh, which I absolutely love. Um, Lindsay, thank you for joining the show today.
1: Yeah, I'm so pumped to be here. It's going to be great.
0: Yes. And... You know, when Walker introduced us and was like, hey, you got to talk to Lindsay and I saw some of your content, I was like, yes. All right. And like you chose LinkedIn credibility consultant. Right. There is so much talk in the world about personal brand, professional brand, influencers, blah, blah, blah. Why credibility? Like what was that like thing that made you like, this is where I want to go and this is how I want to talk about it.
1: So I, what I've found, and I'm sure you would agree in your experience too, Rob, is that the word brand and the word marketing terrify the majority of people. Even if they're in this space, it either gets them really excited and jacked up or it gets them like just paralyzed. And so what resonates with everybody with, from what I've found, I've been doing this you know, over a decade, going on 12, 13 years, is that everyone cares about credibility. Everyone knows that word. Everyone cares about it. And so when you take this potential fear and anxiety out of those words of branding and marketing and creative, uh, and you just think about your reputation, that, it seems to resonate with people.
0: It, it does. And you know, I think that it's really easy for us, and I love when I wrote a book on personal professional branding, so I love using the word brand, but I, but I, under, but I know that fear. I'm going to get into that in a little bit, but what was it? So I know that in your background, you've worked, you know, years in the kind of sales, then you got into the corporate side as a trainer um, and really training people on how to how to be better as, as you're kind of going through your career and your background into launching your own business. When was it that you actually started to care about your credibility, your personal brand, your online presence? Was there a do you have like a remembering moment of like when that mattered to you? or was yeah. it just kind of natural?
1: I guess you could say if I had to choose it, I would say natural, but perhaps because I, I care about people's perspectives. And so if there are ways that I can control the narrative, um, then I, I'd like to be in that driver's seat. So when I decided to join LinkedIn, gosh, eons ago. I won't date myself, but a lot of people don't realize LinkedIn is actually older than Facebook. A lot of mouths drop when they hear that. They have no idea. And and so I knew out of the gate when I joined that platform um, that I would be using it for business and sales and building a professional network. And so, you know, at the time I was New in my career. I was young. I was green. And if there was a way that I could level up and position myself to um showcase my professionalism and my credibility before somebody had a conversation with me or met me in person, I was all in.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. And when you so when you made it the conscious decision to leave kind of corporate doing the, the big trainer thing. And launch your own business when that switch happened, what was the scariest thing for you and then the second part of that question is how do you feel that your credibility or your personal brand helped or didn't help you in that process of launching?
1: Yeah, great question so you, you might have to bring me back to the part two here in a moment, but the scariest thing you know it's funny people when I first launched McMillian Consulting would ask me exactly that. Oh my gosh, Lindsay, you know, you must've been so scared when you launched your company or gosh, you're so brave. And Rob, the truth is like I was really fortunate to have about three and a half years under my belt of doing what I had been doing, which was, for for lack of a better words, since many entrepreneurs, if we're all salespeople in some way, some regard, we wear that letter S on our chest. Is that like I had already been in sales, hunting the deals, closing the deals, delivering on the you know the product or service, and so that confidence, that foundation was already there, thankfully. And so I um, I think the scariest thing wasn't launching off on my own; it was more um, not knowing the nuances. Uh, and the details, right? Like, how do I file for an LLC? I had no idea, right? Like, how do I open a business checking account and make sure I can receive money to actually, you know, replace my income? I had no idea. But so for me, my story is that those little details might have given me some anxiety because I didn't know the how. But fortunately, I, you know, had built a network around me of amazing people who had gone before me, started their own businesses. And, you know, it's really about raising your hand and saying, "Hey, I need help," or "Hey, I don't know how to do this," um, and and people, you know, they remember it. It's really fun. I, I'm sure you, in all of your conversations with other entrepreneurs, have experienced this. You get to go back in the archives and like, wow, I remember what it felt like to launch my business. And there were scary moments and exhilarating moments and dumb mistake moments, right, which still happen every now and then. And so I think it was for me just those little details I I didn't know because I had never experienced them. But really, at the end of the day, they weren't that scary.
0: Yeah, I love that. And so I'm with you too, like having... You know, I think you see this a lot with, with entrepreneurs, like those that have ran business operations or been in sales, it's a little bit easier because it's natural, but every day, all day we're selling ourselves. Right. So I love that you, you you kind of brought that up. The second part of that question was when you made that switch to being an entrepreneur and launching your own business, did you already have kind of your personal credibility brand in place? And how did that either help or maybe cause you to like re reinvent yourself or did it in that process? Because many of us go through changes of life and we we have to go through this process.
1: Yeah. Great question. I I think that the blessing and affirmation that I needed when launching McMillian Consulting was when individuals and companies that I had been working with, when I told them about the switch, because it felt like such a big deal for me, which it was, responded with, oh, I already thought you were on your own. I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Well, thank you so much. What a compliment. Uh, I wasn't. And now, you know, let's just continue what we've started. So I I mean, how cool is that? Again, I'm just I'm so grateful um, for the journey that I've had up to this point um, with that entrepreneurial uh, launching, if you will. And, um, you know, I think, Rob, you know, it's about realizing all the freedom you have and the choices that you have to make. Um, All of the study groups and peer groups that I'm in with other successful entrepreneurs and many of which I'm the tiny fish in the big, in the big pond with big fish. And, you know, we have it, it, we all hit uh, decision fatigue, right? When you are the leader of the ship, when you are the captain of the ship, you are making all of those decisions and it gets exhausting. And while it can, if If you're like most entrepreneurs, I know like myself, squirrel, right, bright and shiny object, and you're just like, "What's the next thing? What's the next thing?" And so you get really overwhelmed because you aren't making the right decisions for your business. so um yeah, that's kind of tenfold way to answer your question, but um those are a couple of things that come to mind.
0: I love it, and so, you know, I think that it's really interesting for for many of us, right? When you work in an f- organization for a long time, and a lot of times when you start a business, it could be something similar or it could be something different, or you're going through a transition, even some of those listeners that aren't entrepreneurs, but love like consuming entrepreneurial con- content, how do you make that transition, right? And and we see a lot of times that people will start a business or they'll kind of move and it's all about the company they work for, not about them. And I think it's scary for us to put our our kind of selves out there and kind of share a bit of our story. So, you know, if somebody asked you, like, where do I start with kind of putting myself out there for credibility's sake? What are kind of those, those first couple of things that you would recommend? What are some of those top tips that's like, this is the baseline where you should get started?
1: So a few things come to mind. The first is looking at your time. Uh, So I've mentored several uh, entrepreneurs and some of whom were considering launching off on their own, leaving corporate America, some of who are, you know, have started their businesses. And I, again, put myself back in their shoes because even however many years into it I am, I still am constantly evaluating how I spend my time. And so, you know, we hear the phrase working Uh, on the business, not just in the business. Well, that's something you don't have to worry about when you don't work for yourself. You're just, you show up and you do your job. When you're an entrepreneur, it can get really easy, at least from my experience, to just work in the business all the time. And so when you are thoughtful and intentional about how you're spending your time, Rob, you've got to carve out time to work on your business. And so for me, that can translate into, well, Lindsay, what does it mean when you say work on your business? Well, how are you positioning yourself in this digital world? What Do you have a website? Do you have a way for people to reach out to you? Um, and of course, right, being a LinkedIn credibility consultant, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about getting your butt on LinkedIn the right way. Um, people, you know, people want to help you, but they don't know how to help you if you're not telling them. And so that means putting your business entity on LinkedIn. It means putting your profile and updating those details, um, making a big announcement. You know, um, again, if you're good at what you do and you're authentic, genuine, and a good good human, your network wants to help you. They want to make those introductions for you. They want to see you succeed, but they don't know how to do that. If you haven't established that online footprint, Uh, to explain that and tell them how they can help you. So those are a couple of things that come to mind from how you're using your time, working on your business, and then using this powerful platform of LinkedIn. Um, Some people I've worked with, uh, Rob, they don't even have websites. They literally use LinkedIn, that profile, that company page as their kind of twofold websites. And that's fantastic because LinkedIn, that profile is public. Anybody can see it, even if they themselves are not on LinkedIn.
0: Yeah. And you know, I'm still a big fan of a website for a million different reasons, but <laughs> me too. LinkedIn loves it because LinkedIn doesn't want to drive away from the platform. So you're keeping people on the platform. That's the biggest growth hack that people don't realize is any any platform out there, if you are driving away, this is why Linktree and Beacons and all these things are, are nice to have, but like you'll see like lower results on Instagram and um twitter and all these things is that if you if you're driving off the platform it negatively affects like your rating like your algorithm score right so like the more that you can keep on the platform the better so like that's really cool to hear and see and and I love that you kind of you know mentioned this of just like putting it out there a little bit i think so many people are especially entrepreneurs they build a company and they build the brand of the company first and not their brand first Right, and it's interesting to me because your brand is bigger than like this new company that no one knows about. So you got you can take you got to take your social capital and drive it too.
1: Yes. and then
0: your company brand is just an extension of your personal belief system. Your personal brand is built on your values and what you want to be. The company is built off of that. So there's there's some crossover. Obviously, there are two different things, but there's crossover. But if you're not building step one, how do you build step two? Like you just yeah. magically create a brand with a what and a why. This is where I think. Simon Sinek's start with why is kind of bullshit because you got to start with where you are first, then start with why.
1: Yeah, everyone's like, well, oh, let's start
0: with why, and like they come up with this like beautiful why, and it's like no, like the why can only come by starting where you are. Right. What got you to here, and what are you here for, and then why yes. comes from
1: that. Well, and I love what you said, Rob, about um, people are engaging with. Uh, you might have said this a little differently, but what I heard are, is you the human, right? you the person and then your company, your company and that name and the the branding behind uh, the name of your business comes comes after and secondary. So I've had several conversations uh, over the last six and a half, seven years of you know just internal dialogue of should I rebrand, should I rename my business and and maybe I will one day it's a never say never but right now uh, and up to this point, Our reputation and our credibility of McMillian Consultant comes from me and my team as humans and our reputation and credibility in our relationships. So you're absolutely spot on, starting with you, the entity, you, the human, and telling your story. I I remember about two years ago, an entrepreneur um, was not going live, was not... uh, telling the broader global network of the world, of the business world, that she had started her own business because she was waiting to do that until her website was totally done. And I'm just, I mean, like, it still kind of makes my blood boil, right? Like she was missing so much, so much time was passing where if she had just pulled that Band-Aid, focused on at minimum that LinkedIn profile so that her as the human could position herself to start having those conversations with people in her network the website can come later. I mean, even myself, I had a really basic Squarespace landing page, you know, about seven years ago at minimum. It's like website coming soon. Need me now and a quick form fill. But everything else, Rob, I was driving through that LinkedIn platform and other social channels.
0: Yeah. No, I, I'm, I mean, I have a website and I made the, the business mistake of building a website because I thought I was going to build something different. And then I, I was like, I don't need all of this. I spent way too much money building this big thing that I don't need. And switched it i get more business from people DMing me on linkedin than going to my website and signing up for any lead capture like the website's more of a credibility but like my linkedin is much more of a credibility because everything's there right and it's updated regularly right, <laughs> right? now to like, your point
1: LinkedIn. earlier like websites are still necessary and valuable like now that we've created this other iteration of our business we have online products that people can purchase and free guides all that's perfectly well-suited to live on a website. You know, I'm not necessarily putting all of that on, on LinkedIn, but yeah, you're you're spot on.
0: I love it. So I want to get into something, but, but I first want to bring something that I read on your profile Um, and in our, in our prep was, uh, I think it was at a conference, you were, you were challenged about quoting other people less and quoting yourself more, and that paralyzed you. And, um, you know... I think that that's really an interesting thing that somebody would say that to you. So kind of walk me through that experience and like, what was your key takeaway? I have a, I have a big thought on it. Uh, but I, but I want to hear, I, I, I remember hearing, like reading that and I was like, holy shit, I got to ask about this because that to me is like mind blowing that somebody would say that to you.
1: Yeah. So I, I'm a big believer when things come in my purview, right? In my line of vision especially in, in droves of three that, you know, that's God tapping me on the shoulder. Hey, wake up, listen, ears and eyes open. And so that was, I was at a conference and that conversation or question came up, like, what's your quote? And then I listened to a podcast and that topic came up, like, what's your mantra? What's your, what's your jingle? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, okay, I'm listening. I think I was even reading a book at the time and that topic came up. And, and the thing that paralyzed me in the beginning, Rob, was, um, I thought to myself like what do I have to say that anyone would even give a flip or two cents to care right like why am I even important enough to quote myself or create my own quote or my own jingle or my own mantra and so I really struggled with that and I thought you know like this is a growth opportunity if you're feeling that discomfort and some fear that's usually an indication that's an opportunity for you to grow and become better and so I even through the discomfort like leaned into it and I you know, just started asking myself, what are some of those values that, you know, that, um, that I bring to the table when I have conversations throughout the business week and really even on the weekend, right? Non-professional. And for me, it was leaning and into gratitude, right? But that, um, I remember a a good friend and a boss at the time early in my career said, Lindsay, the only thing you can control is the way you respond. And what I was being taught in that moment was I can't control, Rob, how you receive what I'm saying. Um, but but what I can control is how I respond to whatever it is that you have to say and how you react and how you respond. I can control that. And for me that comes down to attitude. So when I really like again, it, it was probably a multi-week process. I was like, you know what? Gratitude is really all about your attitude and and so then i kind of like put like gratitude it's all about your attitude i mean how it's so cheesy and i'm like starting to blush that i even (laughs) that i'm even saying that out loud but my husband however many years ago remembers that and every once in a while if i'm having an off day feeling underappreciated you know my i'm having an off sales day or entrepreneur leader day and he goes, gratitude, it's all about your attitude. And I'm like, yes, totally, right? Like I am in control of feeling grateful. I'm in control of that attitude. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it was a process though, is what I would say.
0: And I appreciate you sharing that because this is the stuff that I get so often is especially from people who are younger, the younger generation, Gen Z and millennials, it's like, oh, who would listen to me? And there's there's like two two really big thoughts I have here. One is it's amazing. Like I don't think there's a lot of original thought anymore. And and what I mean by this is like you have original thoughts, but it's because you learned from someone else, right? And so this is the big like content wars going on on LinkedIn. If you see it, like people are like, oh, you're ripping my content. You're ripping my content. You're ripping my content. And it's kind of like now somebody's like copying and pasting your post and doing that's ripping. But if right. they take what you said. And they like internalize it, and they share it with their network in a way that makes sense to them. That's them doing what this book "Steal Like an Artist" by Austin Kleon told us all to do. Like this, this was like key for for the artist. Like, don't reinvent the wheel, right?
1: Yes, I love that.
0: And so, I think for anyone to say stop using other people's quotes, like if you're taking somebody else's message, and this is a great way to get started. And I'll lead this into is like a great way to get started is like taking other lessons and quotes from other people. And then showing how they what they mean to you and how that is. Because somebody out there is looking to you. you yes. know, Somebody might be looking to Rob and not Lindsay. Or somebody might be looking to Lindsay and not Rob. We could be saying the same thing, but like we connect differently for whatever reason. Yes. And it's the way that I deliver it versus the way you deliver it. Same thing. Yeah. You know, difference in delivery on who they connect with and why. Totally. And that's what this is all about is you don't have to think, and I started creating some of my own quote cards. It's like things that I hear and I started saying, like, oh, this is like this is how I would say it, right? It's just like comes out through like these conversations and we kind of create quote -quote cards around it. And that leads me into this thing that everyone has a story to tell and everyone is unique because their journey is theirs. And when you get over the fact that somebody out there can learn from you, you start to draw this down from like using other people's quotes into your own verbalization of what that means. Yes, And I think that's really powerful and and I love that, you know, you had that experience and it's, and I think it's probably, you know, I'm guessing here, but it's probably really allowed you to step into your power of being more confident in the things that you bring to the table because you, you have such a breadth and depth of experience. It's like tying out, tying all those loops together is really, um, so many people out there fail to do, like, yeah. just do it.
1: Just do it. And it takes practice, right? I think there's a few layers to that. One is it takes practice, like try it on for size, see how it fits, how it fits you and your belief system and how you show up. Um, And if it, if it isn't serving you and isn't resonating with the people you're trying to impact, then it's okay. Switch it up. I think the other part too, Rob, and I don't want to be too bullish about this, but the thing I had to keep in mind, especially launching my business and, you know, even when I was, you know, new in my career and green is that, I'm really not that important. (laughs) I am important and I am valuable and I do have something to say, but for me personally, the head trash in between my two years was, you know, like I'm pretty sure if I post this on LinkedIn and I misspell something or my opinion on this matter or subject changes in six months, I'm not going to... um, uh, I didn't probably change the world with that one post or that one paragraph or that one misspelling. I mean, uh, I literally, this. I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I think hopefully it's just an encouragement to your listeners that um, I have been using, I've been uh, updating a speaker bio uh, often on, it, it's a similar style. I've been updating it uh, probably every couple of months. And Rob, I literally just had... Thankfully, a good human, a kind friend reach out and say, Hey, I noticed something on your bio. Can I tell you what it is? I'm like, Yeah, please. He goes, You misspelled your last name at the bottom of your bio. I mean, are you kidding me? I was so embarrassed, but so beyond grateful. And I go, Well, proves I'm a human, right? Like, nobody else, either nobody saw that or they saw it and just didn't. Tell me and uh, didn't bother. So, like, it's all good. It's all good. I didn't, not, I I doubt, Rob, I didn't get a deal because I misspelled something, even my own last name. Like, how embarrassing, but it's fine. It's totally fine. I'm pretty sure I didn't lose a deal because of that one error. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah, it does. And I think that's really important. And, and I love how you said there's different layers to this because, you know, I, I, when I was talking, I was like, I realized I made it sound linear, but nothing in life is linear, right? This is iteration, time, energy, confidence, right? Gratitude, attitude. Like, I love that you say that because for me, it's, um, you know, curiosity, right? It's being curious to to learn and grow. And, you know, I think it's okay for you to change your area of expertise. It's okay to change what you talk about. It's okay as you go through different stages of life, try on what you want to be known for and, and what the conversations you want to have. and. You know, the the best way to do that is you don't even have to create content, just engage with content, like yeah. share your thoughts and, and, and try it on for a size by engaging in content. Like I I believe the world needs more engagers and less creators. I think everyone trying to be a creator right now and we need more engagers and that engagement drives credibility because you're interacting, you're providing value with value, right? By by, by commenting and engaging and, and, and doing those things.
1: And Rob, can I put a... a- you know, and add on to that. I could not agree with you more. Not to mention the fact that um, because, especially, I'll speak to LinkedIn since that's the the platform that I I focus on. Is it also humanizes you? There's there's been an, a tremendous uptick in automation out there, um, where there's this red alluring easy button. And and let me say this: I, I'm not opposed to automation. I'm not saying it's a bad approach. However. It's still important to incorporate that humanization, as you just said, of engaging with people so that it proves that you're a human. And here's the the additional extension to that. When you engage on LinkedIn and you're commenting on people's content and you're giving them shout outs and you're resharing other people's content and you are proving, you know, creating your own voice, you know what that all ultimately does? It puts eyeballs back on you and back on your profile, which is why... 100% of the time, we are always starting with our clients assessing how they look on this platform through their LinkedIn profile, right? So I can teach you every button to click. I can make you a LinkedIn sales navigator ninja, right? Recruiter light, recruiter RPS ninja. However, I'm doing you a disservice if we don't spend time focusing on that foundation. And I like your point about focusing on less content creation and more about engagement. And so some people may say, well, Lindsay, you and Rob just said two different things because my profile is content creation. Is it though? It's really just your story, right? It's just your story. It's not, um, so to me that I think you and I are saying the same thing, um, you know, and, and yeah, there's like anything, you know, it's not linear, right? Lots of, lots of layers for sure.
0: I, I love that. I mean, there is so much to snap about on what you just said um, because you hit the nail on the head, Right. And it comes back to this idea for anyone out there that is looking to create credibility, their brand, however however you want to say it is, you have to be authentically and generally you, and you have to try things on for size. We we live in a world of influencerism where, you know, we got to put our best foot forward, we fake it till we make it, we, you know, buy uh, you know, we rent out at a private jet to take pictures in, even though we're not flying in it just for the gram, like that, that is gone. That is done. Like we want authenticity. We want real. And that's how this starts. And it, it just happens over time. And you have to, you have to get over the fear of doing it and just take one step. And that is optimize your profile.
1: Yeah. As a step one. Yes, totally. My good friend, Nicole Khalil, she just, um, published her book this year called validation is for parking. And one of her, one of her quotes is, um, right. Instead of like you just said, um, fake it till you make it. Her quote is choose it till you become it. Isn't that so good? Like, and you can't become it until you make the decision to choose it and, and live it out and experience it and then decide, okay, is this working for me? Is this not what's a new iteration of this? So I'm with you.
0: I, I love it. And, you know, is, is this, you know, this episode is, is kicking off our new year um, in 2023. What are, you know, what are one or two things that everyone out there should be kind of paying attention to, or, or like a challenge that you have for the new year to create credibility on LinkedIn? What are your kind of top one or two things as we run or as we kick off 2023 here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, LinkedIn is, especially since the pandemic has um, become more of a human platform in terms of like building authentic relationships. And so the thing I want to say regarding like new features and LinkedIn changing all the time is this idea of there's two features right now, and I'm crossing my fingers and toes that LinkedIn doesn't take these features away. And that is the profile photo, or excuse me, profile video. The profile video, you have up to 30 seconds to Do a camera-facing video. Tell people who you are, what you do. Say your name. Tell us how we can help you. Tell us how we can engage with you. Similarly, uh, the name pronunciation. LinkedIn's intention with that is for you to record your name, Lindsay McMillian Steeman. Well, that took all of what one and a half seconds. Well, guess what? You actually have ten seconds to say something a little bit more intriguing and interesting. So mine sounds something to the effect of, "Hey, Lindsay McMillian Steeman here, also known as LinkedIn Lindsay, looking for a transformation. You know, reach out and connect with me in a, no- in a note. You know, so it's this idea that you're getting to hear my voice, how I inflect my energy, how I speak, how I actually say my name. Go figure. Um, so, Rob, the thing I'd want to part ways, you know, with. If your audience on is just this idea of thinking of LinkedIn as a human platform, um, not just another quote unquote social media tool, because at the end of the day, right. Business has always been social having conversations and building relationships has always been social. So how are you showing up authentically and in a more human way on that platform?
0: I, I love it. I love how you just said it. I wrote it down LinkedIn as a human platform and it is, and when we think about it that way and we leverage it that way, it allows us to be more impactful, right? Conversations, sales, um, partnerships, all these different things. It just opens up the door so much more. Lindsay, I appreciate you so much for being a part of the show. I wish I could sit and just chat LinkedIn tactics for, for hours. Um, but uh, how can my listeners find you? What's the best way to, uh, to connect with you and learn more about what you're doing?
1: Absolutely. So I'll give you a couple entry points. One, we just uh, relaunched our website, so it is amazing uh mcmillionconsulting.com. Hopefully you'll drop that in the show notes mcmillionconsulting.com. We've got a lot of free guides, a couple little um, you know, lower entry dollar points if you um, if you need that. If you are hiring speakers throughout the year, it's one of the things I love doing. Um, so you've got a speaker form, tell me about your event and let's connect. Of course, I have to say I'm on LinkedIn, go figure. <laughs> so connect with me on LinkedIn, follow the company page. And then uh, I am on Instagram. So uh, go easy on me. I'm still a newbie on the platform, I'd say, uh, only about two years into it. So I was a little late to the game. But if you want to see pictures of Tater Todd, uh, he, he's on Instagram and my handle is LinkedIn Lindsay.
0: Awesome. I'll make sure all those handles are dropped into the show notes. Lindsay, thank you so much for taking the time to be a part of Baron Nation. For those out there, um, check her stuff out. There's so much amazing content out there and so many great tips and tricks. Uh, I spent uh, about 45 minutes just watching content. So there's plenty for you to learn from, Lindsay. We appreciate you. Baron Nation, have a, a wonderful 2023. We are excited for you to be here, excited for you to go on this journey with us. Um, as we make the most of 2023. Till next time, y'all stay well and rise up. Bear Nation, thanks for listening to the bare necessities of entrepreneurship. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review.